Tax Increment Financing, or TIF, has been used by municipalities for more than 40 years. It allows local governments to invest in public infrastructure and other improvements up front, then pay later for those investments. This program not only helps municipalities, but also helps developers with their project costs. Like any financial program, there's a lot of rules and regulations to understand before you can take advantage of the program. We invited Emily Blaylock, president of Untamed Equity, to help us better understand how TIF works and how to monetize TIF. Today on Small Business Talks. Tax increment financing, or TIF, is a public financing method that's used as a subsidy for redevelopment, infrastructure, and other community improvement projects. It's an effective way to stimulate development in communities, but like all programs, there's a lot to understand about it. To help us better understand TIF, and more importantly, the monetization of TIF, we have Emily Blaylock, the president of Untamed Equity, with us today. Welcome, Emily. Hi, Neil. Thank you for having me. Certainly glad to have you on board. I think we want to start off with, because a lot of people, you know, listen to this as they hear the word TIF. Could you maybe just give kind of a brief overview or, you know, what exactly is TIF and, and what's the purpose of it? Yeah. Uh, so TIF, Tax Increment Financing, is a tool uh, that's been around for many, many years uh, that municipalities can use to you know, kind of help with other costs that come into play with developing that infrastructure for a project uh, or can help because things come up like a project can have environmental issues or, or there's an abandoned building that needs to be rehabbed. And there's a bunch of different additional costs that come in with that, which fall under TIF eligible costs. But ideally, it's it's that horizontal build of the structure. So it's your roads, your your infrastructure, your water, your sewer, you know, those are TIF eligible costs. And so when that happens, uh, there could be additional things that the developer comes to the table and says, well, I can, I can definitely do this project and build this new or fix up that abandoned building and bring additional value and tax revenues to the district. However, it doesn't quite work with the numbers. And we've all been there, you know, to look at projects and understand, you know, that 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 can happen. Uh, and that in that case, the city can use TIF as a tool to reimburse back the developer some of those additional costs. Okay. So the idea is, is to getting as is, is that is the program and the way it works. And the, the goal that we're talking about today is how do you monetize that? How do you actually get the money out of out of the TIF program? Yeah, there are there are generally all sorts of ways that municipalities handle TIF and using that as a tool. But one thing that we like to think about, you know, from Untamed Equity is that we can really supercharge that TIF as a tool. And what I mean by that is that generally speaking, uh, when I talked about TIF, the city will reimburse back the developer some portion of those costs, those TIF eligible costs over time. And what, what Untamed Equity can do is come in and monetize those future increment cash flows that we know are coming in as a reimbursement back to the developer. And generally those are in the form of the reimbursement of property taxes that are paid by the developer. 
And then we look at that net present value cash flow stream and offer a lump sum loan amount uh, based on a margining of that net present value cash flow stream. Okay, because that's a little something, this is something a little bit different than what's out there, isn't it? This is something a little bit unique in the marketplace. Yeah, and that's that's why I say, you know, it's kind of, yes, the tool of TIFF has been around to reimburse that developer back for expenses, but what we're really doing is adding that additional value to those to those payments by offering those payments to be reimbursed to the developer up front. So we we can fund that gap equity. It turns out to be gap equity that comes into the project because at the end of the day, we all want to get that project finished. Uh, you know, the city wants that project finished and the end user wants to use that, you know, project or, or development. And of course the developers there to get it to the finish line, but there are, there are ways to obviously fund that up front that we provide rather than having the city do it. Okay. That's, and like I said, that's unique because that's something that I know is, is not, you know, it's kind of new to the marketplace on that. So what do you need to get started on a project? Yeah, um, for us, looking at a project really is simple. It's a draft or a form of development agreement that the that the developer and the municipality has entered into. And then it's, you know, that first draft of maybe the projections of what that tax increment looks like. So again, we're going off of those future property taxes that are going to be assessed on that project that that developer is going to get and build. Well, this certainly sounds like it's, it's a great stimulus because that seems like that would be one of the big headaches of doing any kind of a project is, you know, especially when you have new costs come in and try to figure out where is this going to come from. So I, I think this is something that would definitely help this one. Obviously, you've thought of that. I'm just the outsider, you know, bringing that to, <laughs> bringing that to the table. So what what is a timeline of where you fit in with the deal process? I know you mentioned it's out when the mm -hmm. agreement's been done, but maybe walk us through, you know, a little bit where, where you come into this and yeah, so I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, always varies per deal. Uh, but the best starting point is when the developer is in that draft form with this with the municipality, um, because at that point, we can discuss some nuances that uh, are within development agreements. So today, development agreements aren't consistent across the U.S., you know, and so each municipality works within their statutes, you know, and stuff to create development agreements. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, reviewing of that development agreement that happens. So the best, the best stage is when that development agreement is in draft form with the developer. And there is particularly to make it a, a more lendable uh you know, project, uh, there is an enhancement to add to the development agreement that we like to talk about, which is the minimum EAV or minimum equalized assessed value or a minimum guaranteed tax payment language that goes into that development agreement. Now that's a lot of, lots of acronyms there, but, um, <laughs> but really what that's kind of saying is that, hey, everybody at the table, the municipality, the developer, and us as a lender uh, can come in and say, we all agree that this developer and the city is going to build this project for a certain value. Uh, you know, we have the costs that go into the project, so we know those costs. Okay, we're all agreeing that the minimum value of this project is going to be 
for example, $10 million. And then if we have that starting point kind of assessed in that development agreement, then we all know from an underwriting standpoint, where's that increment really gonna fall on an annual basis and increment being that property tax calculation. You've mentioned a little bit about nuances. Can you give you maybe a couple of examples of what would be some of those nuances? Yeah, so as I mentioned, you know, every development agreement kind of is different. Um, there are a couple different ways that municipalities, you know, can traditionally, I'm not going to speak to every way, but there are many different ways that municipalities kind of write those development agreements. And one is, is as a pay as you go TIF, which means that the, the developer and the city in their development agreement, they're basically stating that every year the developer is going to get X percent of that property tax rebated back. So it's a very simplified form of saying exactly, you know, kind of what that developer is going to get. Another form is in a TIF note where the where the city is issuing that TIF note for a set principal um, amount. Again, that's the amount that's going to be reimbursed back to the developer. Uh, then there's also revenue obligation bonds that a city issue. And again, these are not obligations that the city is actually, um, you know, going to report on their financial statements. This is just a mechanism to be able to pay those funds uh, over the year. But there are there are different nuances to each one of those uh, and how we monetize those. But we can monetize all of those types of increment payments that come back. But some of the other nuances that I'll speak to is um, oftentimes TIF is, is granted, you know, with the caveat of job creation, uh, you know, for the area. And so that is, we all like that. We all want to have job creation in there. Um, however, I will caution that it gets really tedious if a municipality is going to say, hey, create, you know, 100 jobs all at this salary, you know, for the life of that development. Because at the end of the day, you know, the lender and the developer and the city all have to report on those numbers, you know, too, for that action item. So you just want to be cautious that, you know, you don't create a, a more of a reporting issue um, <laughs> in, in what you really want to accomplish, you know, of creating that job. So that's one nuance that we've, we've seen sometimes. Okay. Um, we've also seen, you know, some caveats around, uh, you know, reaching an IRR for the project uh, by the developer. And that means internal rate of return uh, for the developer. And so they have to reach a certain return. And, and that's okay to have that in there again. It's just being mindful of that, that that is what it is. And we all have to, you know, calculate those numbers and understand what that really means. So it's one extra step in the development agreement that we want to be, be sure that everyone understands what we're actually accounting for, you know, with those nuances. Okay, thank you. What are there any red flags that would stop you from monetizing TIF? And, and if there are, what what would those be? What are some examples of what those would be? Yeah, so that is kind of what I just spoke to there, which which is about the you know if we have a set number of jobs, for example, is one okay. red flag where yeah, okay, now we're making this really complicated where we have to upkeep you know, and make sure, because ultimately, um, you know, us as the lender in this situation um, and the developer, they're, we're both on the hook there to adhere to that development agreement. You know, we want to make sure that that development agreement 
is um, in line and, and being you know followed. And so some of those certifications that can come across create additional work and reporting from our responsibility as well as the developers. Okay. So that's one. And then the other one is if we have any clawback clauses, you know, that once the developer reaches a certain return on their investment, that that there's a clawback, um, you know, from the municipality that can put some things into question because again, we're all trying just to, to predict where that increment, you know, is going to come out. And, you know, so that can create some some question marks, you know, along the lendable um, side, you know, perspective. Can you touch base on where you have done some some of these monetization deals? Yeah, so um, currently we, uh, over the last about a year and a half or so, we've really kind of grown our, our portfolio. And so today we're, we're in nine states and that would be Iowa, Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Kansas, Texas, Nebraska, Ohio, and Oklahoma. And I think I got them all, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're in nine states today. Um, and, you know, just a fun number that, that we've been calculating, you know, based on, based on project costs invested, we've, we've um, helped get $450 million in economic development done. Wow. Um, across the US. So it's, it's fun. <laughs> that, that does sound like fun. I got to ask you though, have, what have you learned from those initial deals? Is there anything that sticks out or anything you've learned along the way that you're allowed to I, share? That you're allowed to yeah, share? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I think, you know, the biggest thing, and again, it, it kind of goes back to that this is fun. You know, we're we're here to, you know, help in economic development. And that that is fun to see. That is fun to get a project to completion. And oftentimes, uh, this tool is not used enough to help get a project to completion you know, to monetize that and provide that additional gap equity uh, to the table. And so, um, you know, I think that what we've learned is that TIF in general is is very similar across the states. Um, but, you know, like I mentioned before, every development agreement is different. So there can be many different items, you know, and, and uh, you know, as we joke in the lending world, hair on deals, that, that come up and you got to solve and fires you got to put out. Uh, so, you know, you learn things all the time about, you know, these deals, but uh, the important thing is that we can use our expertise to basically create that consistency across the board, you know, and across the U.S. with this type of program. That was one of the reasons that I was happy to have you on the podcast is because I think there isn't enough people that actually know all about this. They they hear the word TIFF. I think people know a basic understanding of it. So that's why it was very important to kind of bring this more forward and see what the benefits of it, especially the monetization part of it, because I think you're right. We're right now in times that what do we need? We need financing for, you know, infrastructure and for, you know, improving neighborhoods and all that, because it just seems like it's it's a tough it's a tough road to hoe right now. So it's one mm -hmm. of those things to kind of go through that. So I think you've already touched base on this, but just kind of to reiterate, how does monetizing TIF enhance the return on the investment? Yeah, so, you know, without getting into a lot of financial hat, you know, analysis here at this point, really the, the point around that is that instead of, if you think about it as, you know, when, you have a deal and the developers got to put in their own money, their own cash equity into the deal to create, you know, that project and build that. Um, 
where TIF comes in is that it can definitely be seen as that equity piece. And that's not the developer's money in the project then. That's, that's you know, our partner's money uh, in the project. And so therefore, the return on investment from the developer is enhanced uh, because they aren't using their own money to put it in the project they're using our partners. So over time, that, that gives them a higher return uh, on that initial cash flow out the door. Okay, great. I'm going to let you have the last few minutes to <laughs> kind of summarize. I will ask one thing before we get there. Let me ask you this. If somebody hears this and they're like, okay, I want more information on something like this. Now we're going to put your web address in the mm -hmm. description on the thing. Just a phone call, an email. What, what, what would you recommend? How can somebody get started with this? Yeah, the the best way is again, these deals are complicated. So honestly, the best way that that we like to do business is to talk to you about the deal. And um, so feel free to call us um at any time. But the number, you know, uh you'll you'll provide that as well, but it's 563-388-2555. And you know, we have a team here ready to ready to talk you through these deals. Um, but that's the best way just because there are so many different complications. <laughs> and that would probably be my only other thing is, do you see this growing beyond nine states? And what do you think, how is that going to, is it, is it more of a legality thing or just a logistics thing to go out further? Yeah, no, we are open uh, to the U.S., uh, you know, um, so from a footprint wide. So it's just about making those connections and, you know, getting out there to um, other states and other areas of the U.S. right now. So we do have a couple more states pending in our pipeline right now that we're bringing on board. Um, but yes, so we are we are open to other states as well. I just thought I'd ask that because I'm sure we because when I look at, you know, the, the viewership or the, I'm not the viewership, the listenership it's all across the country. So it's one of those things that if right. you see something is like, okay, let's at least, you know, give them a way to be able to kind of contact you and be able to talk to you about that. As promised, I'm going to let you have the last word if you want to summarize <laughs> or just go through everything. And yeah, no, I, I think the, the biggest thing is this tool already exists, you know, for municipalities to use and, uh, you know, for developers to be aware of. I think the important thing is to note that we are here to help and enhance that tool and make it make it you know better for all parties at the table. So you know the benefits to the municipality are that they don't have to give grant money or be you know do that obligation to the to the developer to try and get those funds up front for that developer. That's that's our job. We're taking on the risk of that project you know off the municipality's plate. You know, the benefits to the developer are that, again, going back to my previous statement about the return on investment, they get a higher return on investment because it's our partner's money, not not their money in the project, you know, for that last bit of gap equity. Uh, that and they get the money up front instead of waiting year after year after year, because many of these TIF districts do last 15, 20, 25 years, um, you know, to get your money. And so we are allowing for them to get a chunk up front to use uh, for any any type of investment. Um, and then most importantly, you know, we are we are here to give, you know, um, our creative, you know, solutions to these projects and and here to enhance economic development across the US. Uh, so please use us as expertise, you know, experts in our area um, around this topic and and hopefully we can keep building uh, more and new and changing, you know, all those 
projects that need help and, and getting all these projects to the finish line. That's fantastic. Thank you very much, Emily, for, for coming on and especially sharing your knowledge of this, because like I said, it's, it's, there's so much to it and you really brought it and kind of explained it very well, I think, to everybody on there. And I thank you very much for taking some time to meet with us and, and be on the podcast. Yeah, no, thank you, Neil. I appreciate you reaching out as well. And we are going to go ahead and put both the phone number and the link to the website in the description. And again, thank you very much for being on the podcast and thank everyone for listening.